Oh yeah! Oh no! I like how you do the air drums every time. Yeah, but they can't see me doing that. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that put a hit out on the typical Hollywood movies. I like that hit out because the movie we're discussing this week is... The, the Irishman. Irishman. Do we, I still think we sound gay. It was super it. gay. It really is. Not yeah. just kind of gay. Yeah, it really super is. super gay. Yeah, but I kind of like it. But I like it. Super gay. But I like it. That's us, like yeah. And the top five we're doing this week De Niro is, movies. That's right. So we should do a call and response. It should be like you call it and then I respond oh, or vice versa. Yeah. That's what we should do. Oh, in the that, future. That so sounds less Who's gay. the caller? And who, no, it won't. Who's the caller and who's the responder? Hmm, uh, we can alternate. Ooh. We can alternate. Now we're an alternator. Mm, oh, that's us. <laughs> hey, do you remember our uh, top five last week? I do. Our top five last week was special effects movies. And we got quite a bit of feedback. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Who are some that we heard some? about? Um, this, this listener mentioned a few, of course, that you referenced, including The Thing and so on. But others that were not included uh, are uh, What Dreams May Come. We we uh, yeah. talked about that. We movie. talked. We, you know, we've talked about that movie on this podcast before. Yes, we have. As that's one of the Almost few movies. Too pretty. It's too pretty. Cinematography is self consciously beautiful. I I think that movie's too good looking for its own benefit. For its own good. Yeah, for its own good. Yeah, yeah, self consciously good. Uh, this uh, listener mentioned the new Terminator movie, uh, Dark Fate. He was blown away by it by mm. the special effects. Yeah, it took a took a bath at the box office. Uh, so I heard. So I heard. Lost a hundred million its opening weekend. Wow. 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 Hmm. Hmm. I'll be back. Probably Hmm. not. Probably. Probably (laughs) not. Probably not. Uh, Avatar were some of the others and uh, Dark Crystal. And I think we mentioned The Fly. And uh, What about uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Did we talk about that? I don't know if we, did we mention that one? I feel like we've mentioned it lately, but I I don't know if we mentioned it last week. I think I had it as a scoop last week. Maybe you did. I think I did, yes. So that's it from our our faithful listeners. Cool, man. All three of them. Hey, man, what'd you watch this week? Ah, and before we get to that. Okay. Before we get to that. By the way, you gave me an assignment Mm -hmm. to come up with a new ditty. Uh, and you thought I forgot, and you're probably hoping I'd forget. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, it's, we're doing like news, little topical things. Yeah, you want to get into news? Get over your blues. It's time for our news. Come on. Come on. You almost like that one. Yeah, I like it because it's so dumb. Yeah, thank you. I give that a 5.3. You can beat that. Get over your blues. It's time for the news. Get over your blues. It's time for the news. I I think I'm being generous with the 5.3. I'm going to reverse it. 3.5. Well, you know what? You come up with one then. (laughs) Uh quit taking nudes it's time for the news that's better uh, better than get over your blues yeah i think so i'll work on it <laughs> i want to say it's something. short though it's pithy i'll give it it's to you short it's I'll pithy, give that... and it works okay <laughs> but let's let's move on there's a few things i want to share with you okay you might recall that last week the phrase it's learning came up and you wouldn't tell me and i think yeah. it was joey when she was doing didn't the game learning hmm didn't i say they're learning did they're learning sorry. I think anyway, it was with Joey with the game, and I think she's learning. She's getting even better. I think that's where it came. It's learning. I thought it was. It's. It was bothering me, and you know me. I can't let things go. Yeah. War games. <laughs> Come on, am I right? Yeah. War. You know what? Yeah. I googled it. 
<laughs> I did, Robert. I, at least I'm owning up to it. I was. So, I like that it was sticking in your head. It, it, things like that stay with me, and I'm compulsive. You know, I'm anal compulsive, obsessive, and I make little. I gotta find this out, and I love that line. And sure enough, all I did was Google. It's learning movie, and and there it was. Okay, so that was one thing I wanted to share. I, can I just share something about the power of cinema with you? We talked. We spoke last week about American Werewolf in London. And, you know, I know we we, it, we didn't belabor this point, but we both articulated the very last moment where we see him back in humanoid form with bullets in him and it snaps to black. Mm-hmm. I remember in the theater seeing that and I let out an audible gasp. It was so effective. And this is what cinema does so well. And again, Robert, I think another director would have had an establishing shot of Piccadilly Circus, the police coming and the sirens and all that. No, you end on that. And I think even producer Joey said, it's over. And I love that it was raw and it felt independent and it was just more organic and natural booms. I love that. And that is, seriously, that's cinema. And that's what that does when you remember a specific moment decades later in a film. I, I'm just blown away by stuff like that. Can I ask Editor's you something, choice. something about, okay, we've been talking kind of behind the scenes of what movie that we want to see next. Mm-hmm. And I can feel sometimes you not wanting to go to a theater and instead watch stuff on streaming. And I'm, I'm done with that too because it's so convenient. But there is something for just the magic of going to a theater and experiencing a movie in the theater, like in, I, I guess it's the difference between going to church and just worshiping at home by yourself. Right, 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 right. And there's something about going to the communal experience. And I wonder if what you're describing about Werewolf in London uh, is was enhanced by it being in a communal experience. I think so. I think so. I remember that moment and I remember that that ending that was so wonderfully jarring Mm -hmm. and the fact it was being shared with hundreds of people around me and i did make a guttural sound out of approval like ah i just love that last beat and it probably was less effective look even the irishman we're going to speak about and you and i made a conscious decision to see it not on netflix but let's watch it in a theater yeah i think i'm really glad we did yeah yes absolutely now i want to add something to what you're discussing please you mentioned before about being obsessed with stuff and I was obsessed with something after the show. And I texted you after last, last week's show because I said something wrong last week. And it was you kind did? of bothering me. Yeah. And I was like, is that, is that really it? Because I, I, usually if I'm saying something, I know it. And I thought it, but I wasn't 100% sure. And I was wrong. And what was that, pray tell? That the special effects, uh, the special effects guy who was in charge of special effects for American Mobile in London was not the same guy as, uh, as the thing. That's right. And I said that it was, and then I had to look it up because I'm going, is that, is that really the case? And it wasn't. The guy who did the thing was wow. Rob Botton. Botton, B-O-T-T-I-N, yeah. yeah, and he did it. That's cool. That I like the fact that it bothered you and you wanted to acknowledge it the following week. I texted you that night. I, I was like, it bothered you a lot. Before it even got published, I, I went, know. I know. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I said the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, talking out of my ass. And I thought you were perfect. <laughs> I thought you were perfect with everything that you say. That's cool. You know, you also sent me, I think that same night, yet another text. Oh. And that was about, we spoke about filmmakers wanting to go back and quote, improve decades later because of improvements in technology. Right, right. And you, I believe you said something about, uh, they asked Soderbergh about a Tarantino. Explain this to us. Okay, so 
Well, uh, okay, first remember, he said that he was going to go back and re-edit, was it Kafka? Yes, it was. It uh, was Kafka, yes. But you you and I had been talking about going back and re-editing uh, like like Lucas did with the Star Wars Star movies. Wars, yeah. And he re-edits the whole thing. And now you don't have access to any of the original cuts of Star Wars. And what I said on this show was Lucas should have released it at the same time as... As, as, with the new cut, right? The old cut and the new cut. So the users can have both. On a DVD, right. it could be like a special feature. A special. Or just a, you flip the side over, right? right. One, well, one side is the old version Absolutely. and the other side is Absolutely. the new version. Yeah. yeah. That way people get what they want. But they're not doing that. They're trying to control... They're trying to rewrite history. And what I liked about it was that what Soderbergh said was, I would, I'm going to recut Kafka and re-release it. And when I re-release it, it will be with the old version because you don't do that. You don't try to snuff out history. It's what it was. And some people might want that. Most probably won't. Right. And in the case with Star Wars, it might be flip-flop. Most people might want the old nostalgic original. And you're trying to change people's memories, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, don't do that. I love this quotation, too, about these uh, these 70 directors who go back and tinker yeah. with their work. E.T., they did it with E.T. That's right. They're making it worse. They're making... And again, I bring up colorization, you know? And when we saw that, and I thought, well, that's an insult to the cinematographer who shot it in black and white. Yeah. It's an insult to the director and uh, its technology getting carried away with itself. I, I get it. I understand I it. do, too. And there is an appeal. There is sure. an appeal. Because at what point are you done with a film? Right. I mean, we made 30 Love, which you can buy at 30lovefilm.com. Really? Yeah. You oh. know, if you buy it, you can get like over three hours of bonus. A DVD and Blu-ray? Yeah, both of them. Really? Yeah. The bonus features, I guess for like a discount? Yeah, if uh, if you type in Antiwave, you get oh, 10% great. off. Yeah. That was really smooth. <laughs> anyway, we made that movie. <laughs> and the movie's done. That movie's sent out. It's already, it already exists on Blu-ray and DVD, which you can buy at 30lovefilm.com. Uh, but if we decided that we wanted to open it back up and edit it, is there a problem with that? I mean, aren't we allowed to do that? Is when is a painting done? Right. Is can Picasso? I mean, if he were still alive, could he go back and adjust some of his paintings? Is he allowed to do that? At what point are you finished? Right. Is he allowed? Sure, but it's not a smart choice. Well, I think it's kind of disrespectful to the people who Absolutely. appreciate the genius of how it was then right here i have one worse example you know in close encounters years later you know this as spielberg released the special edition where it showed richard dreyfus inside the mothership mm. and that's another good example i never saw it. i remember oh. hearing about it yeah i saw it i went back to see it you know it was kind of nifty to look at we didn't need it yeah 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 i when think you stop uh, i don't know I, I i think if you're gonna do that you need to do it in conjunction with the original. I mean, yeah, any any re-edits are fine. You just, you can't try to, like what Lucas was doing, which was pretending that the original cut didn't happen. And it's like, nah, you, you can't do that, man. Right. That's not what people fell in love with in the 70s. That's right. Well said. Well said. Agreed. Okay, good. So, the Week in Review... Yeah. Some are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. Do you want to kick us off, Robert, or would you like me to go first? Go ahead. You go. You get started. Okay. There's a film called uh, Courting Courtney. Hey, I like alliteration. Oh, uh, is that Courtney. why you watched it? No. Mm. There are other reasons I watched it, but I want to say that it's Saving Grace. It's, it was with uh, Kathy Griffin uh, and, um, and Chris Hardwick. 
Chris Hardwick oh. was in this film. I like seeing how these people get started. You know what else, Robert? I saw the movie. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. Rope. The movie Rope, 1948, yeah. is a Hitchcock film. And you were right. You were right when you said that there is a dead body uh, inside the, uh, the, the the table. It's actually a trunk. But it's a makeshift table. Right. And they put food and drinks on top of it. And of course, we all know that what's unique about this is the way it was shot. It gave the illusion of being done in all in one take. And we know that in order to change the film canisters, Hitchcock would zoom in on like the, the back dark coat of one of the characters. And, and hide pull the out, cut. Right. And hide the cut and pull back out. It was talky and it was very stagey like a play because it was a play. I did some research on this. Oh, really? It was a play before it became a film. So it was kind of a gimmick with that one shot shot technique but it it it's not among his best but it was it was a novelty i felt it was a novelty um again i watched the rest of living with yourself that's uh, paul rudd and uh, like you said there's something every man about him yeah where he, he's just right i don't know if you had a chance to watch any of those episodes mm, I watched and i watched the last four or five and it got even more compelling it was more of a mind fuck as it went on mm. and i truly enjoyed that and the last thing i want to mention is the deuce um, and it had uh, the HBO series sure, with Maggie, my girl Maggie, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's good in that movie. And she's wonderful in that film. And I, I love... Show, show, yeah, TV show. You're right, right, right. No, sorry. And I want to speak about this, Robert, and I had a feeling it would end this way, and it did, and I didn't like it. I had a feeling... Is it over? Yes. That was the series finale. Not just the season, oh. but the series. And so I just I, this... I saw the first season. I didn't see anything else. Mm, okay, well... Then you missed a few episodes. Okay. But at the very end, we have our hero walking the streets of Times Square present day. Oh. And it's almost wistfully looking back at Times Square in the 70s or the 80s. That I call that an Ira beat. It is. It's very Ira. And you know what? I would have come up with that suggestion and pitched it. I didn't like it because it was actually looking back fondly on what was the 70s and the 80s, which kind of made a cheap shot of everything we all we just watched in the entire series run. It got some strong reviews, but I want to say to you that Hollywood Reporter had an issue with exactly what I'm saying. And here's where I'm almost a hypocrite. If I was walking the streets of Times Square, I would rather walk those streets in the 70s or the 80s mm. than after it became Disney-fied very Walt Disney with the Apple stores and sure. the glitz and gl I would like that more. It's more raw, urban and real. However, for the show to end that way, it was almost like a slam on everything we had just experienced with the show's run. I had an interesting reaction to that. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'd like to see it. That that makes me, I, I don't feel like I can comment on it till right. I see it right. in what light it's trying to show the present day. But I, what I, what I glean from what you just explained I really like that about you. And it's something I think is very true as your writing partner. There have been things that you've pitched that you've, you've said, how about this? And I've been like, nah, nah, that, that's not it. It's too clean. And you'll come back from it and go, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. too, it is too clean, too perfect yeah. and too yeah. pretty. Yeah. And it's like, nah, it kind, of, it kind of fucks everything up. Agreed. That's and, cool. Yeah. And I really like that you're able to make those suggestions, but also appreciate when it's like, that's not what this is. This is something different. If it was a different kind of film, sure, that'd be great. And that would fit nicely. I say film, not because I'm, I'm still confused about it being a film or show, but because you and I wrote a film together. <laughs> we did? Yeah. What's the name of it? It's called Where's 30 it Loves. Where's it available? It at <laughs> that's what I saw uh, this week. But watch this the show's finale of The Deuce and um, let me know. What uh, it's you on my list it. to just go back and watch all the, mm. the from the second season on. I like the first season a lot. Oh yeah. 
Did yeah. you watch all of it? Most of it. Not every episode. Okay. Not every episode. But again, it ended the last 20 minutes where he's walking the streets. Now it's shot now. And we see the Apple store and the glitz and all that stuff. Mm. And, and all the people who died are like ghosts talking to him. Uh, they worked all that in. But didn't work for me, even though it's something I would have suggested. Right. I would have pitched that idea. And I'm well, the first to say, eh. I'm surprised to hear that kind of conclusion because the creator is David Simon. He's the guy that did The Wire. That's right. And The Wire, oh, yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah. And I know how hipster that sounds, but man, I'll get on that bandwagon any day. Yeah. That is such a good show. And everything just fits so neat and tidy. And it, it, it's still a mess and chaotic but it's like a novel the way it un unfolds and it doesn't have this kind of cherry on top moment like that right um, right there there are endings to the chapters so to speak but it's an ending and it oftentimes kind of raises more questions that you're left with your imagination to try to answer nice well anyway. said. but the wire doesn't have maggie it does not mm, i like her <laughs> Guess what, what, what I did saw. you? What did you see? Uh, I saw a few things, but here's—I really want to talk about one film in particular. I saw a documentary, and it's on Netflix. It's streaming now. It's called Fire in Paradise, and I—I I think, I, hey, producer Joey, can you find out? Did Fire in Paradise win an Oscar? I, I seem to remember it was either nominated or it won an Oscar. Maybe you can find out. This documentary—it's not very long. It's about forty minutes long, and it was incredible. It's really, really interesting what's it about it is about the uh the paradise california fires that happened the campfires yeah. that happened uh, mm -hmm. last year and it interviews a lot of the people that were living in in paradise and how the 911 reporter first started hearing some of the calls that were coming in and they just thought it was something small and next thing you knew people were calling in from her town and she's going oh my gosh that's where my house is and the whole town just erupted in flames and they interviewed these teachers that started putting kids on school buses and they're trying to get out of town and they got blocked and they couldn't get out and they were like praying to die from smoke inhalation and it, they showed a lot of footage people as they're trapped in their cars just started recording on their phones because the phones are so prevalent and uh cops cameras uh, camera dashboard camera you want know to talk about like the dashboard cam mm -hmm. uh just blazing through fires because they're trapped and they're trying to get people out and they're like the only way out is just to kind of drive through these embers that are covering the road and cars catching on fire and their tires melting it was crazy and it's fascinating it's a really really good documentary i think i mentioned it to you before this concept to you before not the movie but i've mentioned this some movies just don't need to be feature length and this really could have been feature length. They could have gone the whole hour and a half, but they chose not to. And I'm really glad they didn't. I think, I think one of the, the best elements or best features of Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon, all of those, those new markets make it so that we're not beholden to this standard time frame that we have, have, we've been chained to for so long. Right. And we could start to have short films pop up and people can just watch a 40-minute documentary. There's nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't have to be part of a TV show. It doesn't have to be packaged that way. TV shows can also end after six episodes. That's right. We could do all sorts of That's unique, right. interesting right. things here. That's right. And 
before you were relegated to how many you have to have 24 episodes it has to go for this many seasons and everything else um so it says here that it oh is the hamptons international film festival it didn't didn't win an oscar i've seen it oh it's from this year oh okay I, th- I thought it was nominated last year. Can a 40-minute documentary be nominated for, for best, best short fe- documentary? Short. So what's the time? documentary do you happen, short. Do you happen to know what to, uh, for a full feature-length documentary I, has to be how I'm many minutes? almost Maybe. certain it's 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. So anything over 60 right. minutes is considered feature. Right. Uh, although, in practicality, it's almost always 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I, I seem to remember like a, the, the 60 or 70-minute mark being what they use. But it's it's really, really interesting. Um, man, it's it's worth checking out. It's forty minutes. You know, they always name a fire for the media to refer to. Right. It shouldn't have been called camp. They talk that about come up? that. That came that, up. It shouldn't be because campfire sounds like named it's just it. kids sitting around roasting marshmallows. Right. And she said it's because there's a protocol of how to name things, and she she addresses why they named it campfire. And she said she she was aware she understood that it could be confusing, but also. They didn't think it was going to be a big, right? A, a big fire. They thought initially it was going to be really small, and they were just, oh, who cares? It's not a big deal. But then it just escalated, and now it leads to all this confusion. Of right? Campfire. You picture a bunch of Cub Scouts sitting right. around, like, oh, you kids, put yeah. that out. Yeah. So wow, that sounds. I think the, the, I think she just kind of pulled a word out and was like camp, and I think it needed to fit some criterion that they they require for you know how they name tornadoes and or, it used to be women. Right. They changed that. Oh, it's hurricanes. Ago. It was hurricanes. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I don't think they, they don't. Is name there a tornadoes. committee? Who they don't do tornadoes? They do hurricanes. Is there a committee? There is. I think there's is an international board or something. Like hurricane naming committee. No, I'm sure I, it's part of a greater committee. I hope so. It's got to be like the National Weather Service. Oh, something, them. something, something. Yeah, yeah. And they do that on the side. So I, that's very interesting about naming these yeah. fires and everything else. Huh. What you got? Oh, it just came out. All right. So it's, I guess it's not been nominated, but look out for it this award season because I'm telling you, this thing is going to, I'll bet you it's going to at least be nominated for Best Short Doc. It's cool. So it's, it's a good one. That's nice. what I saw. That's what you saw. Yeah, ma'am. Good. Well, shall we? Let's talk about it. Robert, talk us through it. So The Irishman centers on Frank the Irishman Sheeran, who is played by Robert De Niro, who starts out as a truck driver and uh, quickly escalates into the uh, Buffalino crime family. He gets kind of roped in with them, played by Joe Pesci as Russell Buffalino. And he is tasked with, uh, with being the right-hand man to Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino. And it's all about his climbing up through the mafia family and really having to come to terms with uh, the mafia family having problems with Hoffa and where do his loyalties lie? And uh, it's all about his life trying to decide between these two different worlds. That's basically the breakdown nice of it. Nice job. Nice it's funny job. how I was able to summarize that in about 30 seconds. And, and, and the, the movie, movie is three is and a half hours three long. Three and a half hours. No intermission. N- no intermission. No intermission. And it, it's like three hours and 29 minutes. Yeah. It was legitimately three and yeah. a half hours. Yeah, it was. Not like 3.15 and we just round up to three and yeah. a half. It's three and a half freaking hours. Well, including the, the coming attractions, the trailers. Oh, well, you, now you, we're over. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. It yeah. was uh, three hours and 41 minutes. What'd you think? Overall comment? Yeah. I've been waiting a few weeks to say this. Okay. I felt like it wasn't really cinema. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, obviously that's a reference to Scorsese's comment about the um, superhero movies. Um, 
I'm going to yell. Yeah, my, go ahead. My, you go first. Profile. I'm going to go first. Yeah. It's an epic. Mm-hmm. It's long. Mm-hmm. It's a grand film. Mm, yeah. I was not blown away by it. And we'll get into that. But it. You weren't blown, blown away. Blown away. Yeah. Pew! But it was it was impressive. It was ambitious. Parts of it were gorgeous to look at. The music worked. We'll talk about the acting in a minute. It's a grand epic spectacle of a film. And um, and I looked at my watch more than once. I kind of agree with you. You do? Yeah. I thought you were going to go apeshit over no. this film. Let's talk. It was too long. It really, really, really was. I, I know mean, that's been an issue, more of an issue for me yeah. in podcast past. But, and, but you... I will say I never looked at my... I never really... Oh, actually, I take that back. I guess I did. I snuck a peek at... But I think it was more out of curiosity of where are we in the in the movie now? I want to know how much time is left. Not like I was trying to rush it to get over with. And I will say the pacing was always pretty good. It never really felt to me like it, like it sagged. I mean, I was always interested in what was happening next. But there's so much of this movie that could have been removed. And it would have just been a tighter... A, a tighter movie-going experience. I would be so interested to to see when this movie comes out. Netflix has got to be keeping track of at what point do viewers stop watching, because I'm sure that's part of their algorithm that they can track. Of you know that you watch the first ten minutes and then you stop and you never come back to it. Like they, they even show you on the screen where you left off. So they've got to have some sort of metric that keeps track of all of that. Huh. And I will bet you. The majority of people who start this movie will not finish it. Right. This can you imagine at home for three and a half hours? Not in one sitting. Tea, not yeah. not in one sitting. You know, a friend of mine suggested this that it would be interesting if this movie was when it's on Netflix if it's chopped up in episodes. In episodes. Did you think about? I th- I did think about that because that's what they did with the Hateful Eight. You know, Tarantino they did? re-released The Hateful Eight with more footage as a four-part episode. And it's chopped uh, on in, Netflix. in chapters. Like. Yeah. And and it's, it, I think it even is chapters. I think it even says like chapter one, really? chapter two, something like well, that. Well, this movie is crying out for that. Yeah. It needs to be broken up. Which really goes back to your point. That's not cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I was kidding. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. kind of being serious yeah, now. Yeah, that's not cinema. That's television. Ah, <laughs> oh, the irony. I mean, yeah. really, what he's making isn't cinema. We're just putting it in a theater. So, uh, if we're going to get down to the nitty gritty, I think uh, Marvel's got a bigger case against Scorsese. Uh, but I. Uh, go ahead. Say okay. What you say. Yeah, I love what you're saying about that, about chopping the chapters. I could see it doing really. I could see it thriving on Netflix with that approach. Yeah, me too. Absolutely, absolutely. And at that point, I'd go bring in more. Yeah. I could handle this yes. in four or five yes. episodes. Yeah. Sure, that'd be great. I, that's kind of what this felt like. Honestly, it felt like I binge watched. I. That's what it felt like. I felt like yes. I was. I was unable to pause and go to the bathroom, but I had to binge watch three or four episodes of a good little miniseries. Good miniseries. Right. And I will say, too, this is a great companion piece to Goodfellas and Casino. Right. The problem is we've just kind of moved on from that. Mm-hmm. Like those movies, Casino and, and Goodfellas, those were great of early 90s, late 80s 
era. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course I do. So you almost had a feeling like, well, we've seen this before. Yeah. And we've seen it done better. Do you agree with yeah. that? We've seen it done better. This fits with those. The, to me, this this fits right in there very snugly with those a c- others. companion piece. Right, yes. Right. Right. And I can only imagine that the Egyptian theater and the Arrow and, and the Manchinese will do some sort of special event where they do a day of Scorsese and they play Goodfellas Casino and the Irishman right. back to back to back. Right. And we watch all of you know his, his work in one fell swoop or something like that. And much the same way that somebody would sit down and watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Right, right. That, this is an unspoken trilogy, I guess. Right. That's what I see. Um, even though I guess that you could throw the departed in there, but the departed doesn't feel like this, the mm-hmm. departed, uh, it, it is a crime film, but it just doesn't, it's not this, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's De Niro and Pesci together. Maybe that's what the commonality link is, is the three of them, Pesci, De Niro and Scorsese. But, um, I will say I didn't realize it until watching Joe Pesci, but I miss him. I miss having him in movies. He was really strong in this. He film. was really good. He's, in this. he's the strongest. He's and and I think we articulated this one. He he wasn't doing shtick. Yeah, he was always doing shtick in the it previous was movies and was over the top. But that wine here, he brought it down a few notches, and I thought his performance was riveting. Of the three main male leads, yes, he was it. He was it. How good do you have to be to outact Al Pacino and Robert De Niro? Right. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, is Robert De Niro a great actor? I, you know, it's really interesting I, you ask that question because as I'm watching him, he's. It seems like he's doing a Robert De Niro impression. That's it. Bingo. And it's almost Al Pacino became a, too. Pacino, oh, I can't wait I to like, talk to you about Al. Yeah, what the fuck is? A, I mean, these are legends, right? And I, I can't say that they're not good actors because they. I can point to films. Where I'm going, that is some exquisite acting, some great acting. But in putting together uh, our top five this week is, is top five De Niro movies, right? And I can point to a bunch of crap he's done too. Where I'm going, this ain't so good. And if you've done that many movies, some of them are going to be good, and some of them are going to be bad. You know, if I just sat there with with you on film, take after take after take after take for hundreds of movies. I better get something that's pretty compelling. Right. And I better get some trash in there too. Right. So is he a good actor? Is he? Is he? I, I could, I've been I waiting all know. week to ask you this question because I do think he's become a parody of himself, at least in this film. In this film, he's doing the routine, the shtick that we're used to that he's good at. It's it's always going to fall on somebody's shoulders, right? Somebody's going to be heralded as the great actor of the day. And I think that person is usually someone who uh, can prove that whatever success they had wasn't a fluke. You know, he had a few hits in a row, uh, you know, Bang the Drum Slowly, Godfather 2, uh, and all the way up to Taxi Driver, and, you know, some of these early Mean Streets, some of the early De Niro films, right. and Deer Hunter, all of those kind of prove that it it's not a fluke. And then after that, you can kind of coast for a little right, while. You right. can do some more crap. You can do New York, New York. You can do right, a lot of right. these are the movies that are like, mm, what are yeah, you doing, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. And then, then after a certain point, you just become legend, and you can you can do Rocky and Bullwinkle, and no one's going to really care. Right. It just becomes dismissed. Right. Don't you right. think? Yeah. And Pacino's the same thing. Absolutely. 
And even Pesci's kind of the same thing when you really stop and think about it. Sort of, but not quite there. Yeah. In a different school. But yes, I know what you're saying. In a weird way, I, I do think Pesci is actually the best actor of all of them. I was feeling that. Yet so many people are praising Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in this film. There's a lot of I that. think it's because a lot of we're that. getting back to what kind yeah. of acting they used to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And I think we miss that. I think we miss, like, why you're doing stupid silly stuff meet the fockers and analyze this and devil's advocate and these things that like i don't know devil's advocate i guess is it's a good movie but it's just it's so over the top do you know what i mean of course i do how do you would you think maybe that that's among my top five which we'll get to a little bit later devil's advocate i hope not no, because no, that's no. al pacino no 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 i was referring to a uh, fockers meet the fockers <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. They're fun movies, Well, but they're not... What I like about that movie, or Meet the Parents, let's yeah. just say Meet the Parents, right. is that he is in that film, that was the first of that group, right. and he's making fun of himself. Right. Right. And I kind of like that. Sure. I do like that. I, right. I get... But do we need Meet the Fockers? No. I'm not talking about Meet the Parents. I'm saying no. Meet the no. Fockers. Right. Do we need Meet the Fockers? No. We that got just, it already. That was a sequel. Right. Was, some people are actually calling it, yeah, Meet the Parents 2, Meet the Parents 3, instead of Meet the Fockers and Little Fockers. That was the third right. one. Yeah. Yeah. They're we just don't need cashing those. Out. They're just cashing out. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that that is. And, okay. I, there's a place in cinema, Scorsese, there's a place in cinema <laughs> for the carnival rides and there's a place for the more introspective think pieces but and, just and like a, in music there's a place for polka yeah there's a place for polka yeah and there's a place for pop yeah and there's also a place for the avant-garde weird you know yeah. guy banging trash cans together or something like that there's yeah. a place for everybody right but if you want your legacy to be one that you are one of the greatest actors of all time maybe don't do rocky and bullwinkle right right Maybe right. think about that. Right. What's your legend going? What's your what's what's your the memory of you going to be? Now, luckily, he's got enough buoys placed out mm -hmm. along the way that we're going to forget about the the foibles. The foibles. Yeah. It's foibles. Yeah. Pacino was looking weird. He was. What's going on with that guy? I think part of. What, okay. I know we've talked about this. What's happened to I, him? I, I I will tell you. Oh, sorry. There's a few things that were going on with Pacino. Number one. His hairline was weird. Yes. It was too straight. Yes. Right above his ear, there's a weird cut the way it was. Yeah, yes. but it was also just straight across his forehead. Goofy. Yeah, it was weird looking. Two, everybody's teeth was were way too white. And... It wasn't natural. Yeah. You could tell it was like... Uh, you've all had some dental implants going on. And it needed to look a little more... Dirty. Dirty. Right, right. Yeah. I have an interesting question for you. Yeah. Talking about what they did with the optics, and I thought it was effective making um, um, making our, our lead look young. Digitally make him look young? Yes. Yeah. So got, and I thought, some critics said, well, it's a little startling at first, but you buy into it. Right. And I, I think that's a good way to I put it. I think so, too. It's noticeable. Like, oh, But then you accept it. I think why it's noticeable is because we're used to seeing these people in other movies. In older and movies. we know what they look like now. Yeah, yeah. And I almost wish, if I had never... I wish I could have seen this movie not knowing who Al Pacino or De Niro were. Just watching this for the first time and going, oh yeah, they probably got him a few years ago and shot this footage a long time ago. Not knowing that there was any sort of work that was done. Right, right. I think that would have been more interesting. Agreed, agreed. 
But here's my question, and we should say that the timeline actually we're in three eras. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it's actually, sort a few, of more than more than just three. It's but, more than three, but but there's three predominant eras. Right. Yeah. That's what I meant. That um, did they go out of their way to make Joe Pesci Pesci look old? Take a shot. Or was that the way? Hmm? Oh, Take a shot. How, to make Joe look older than he really is in the final moments. Yes. Or is that the way he really is? No. I don't think so. I was wondering about that. Although, I don't remember seeing him walk very much. He's usually sitting for most of those scenes. Maybe. I, I feel like I haven't seen Joe Pesci in so long that uh, maybe. Why did he retire? Did you find out anything no, about that? I don't that? know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. If anybody's listening, write yeah. in. Yeah. Tell us why Joe Pesci retired. Another issue I have with this movie. Yeah. Robert De Niro is not Irish. Not I, by a long I shot. I, I, and I'm I was forgiving bumped. when I'm going... By the way, the real character on which this is based was a, was six feet four and very, very Irish. Well, he's Italian, mm. so it seemed like a stretch. Mm. And I had trouble going along for that ride. Yeah. I know what you mean. I was bumped. Yeah. Uh, more than once. It yeah. did kind of bother me. Yeah, yeah. Because I kept making references to it. You know that the original title of this... About paint, something about a I heard house you paint painter. houses. Yeah, and that comes from the opening scene. They they kind of illustrated like he paints houses with their blood. He shoots right. them. That would have been a better title, I think. And uh, I do too. And it, they never once they say, "I heard you paint houses." They build that in the uh, in on screen. They say, "I heard you paint houses." at the beginning and at the end That's right. and they never say the Irishman how about that so I think the actual full title is I heard you paint houses well they're not promoting it that way they're not oh, producer Joey what? handed me something interesting here what's that in 1999 Pesci announced his retirement from acting to pursue a musical career and to enjoy life away from the camera a musical career I guess so what, he, he's gonna do, sing the polka I guess <laughs> there's room for that In 2011, Pesci sued Fiore Films, the producers of film Gotti, for having broken their promise to cast him in that film as real-life mobster Angelo Angelo Ruggiero. So there you go. Hey, you know what I liked about this movie? What? Finally, we have a movie about old white people. (laughs) There's a little bit of truth to that. Actually, I found that written up in more than one review. That instead of the the experience of minorities, you know, that we have a movie about old white men. I haven't seen that since like 1996. <laughs> <laughs> From grumpy old men. Yeah, grumpier yeah, old men. Yeah. Um, I thought some other oddities. Uh, Anna Pank. Anna, I'm going to. Oh, time for Pack another one. drink. Time for another drink. She was not. She's an Oscar winner. Right. She The piano. Yeah. She won the piano. She wasn't used very much in this film, was she? She didn't have a role in this movie. She I wonder why. Because she wanted to be in a Scorsese probably. film. Yeah. Probably said, look, yeah. I'll work for next to nothing. I'll yeah. work for scale. Please yeah, put me in this movie. Yeah, she's hardly in the film at all or big scene, I guess, when she's a bank teller, right? Right. And the father comes and she, next window, she ignores her dad and doesn't want to talk to him. Probably. Because he's a killer. Right. Also, the women, Robert, yeah. were underdeveloped in this film. They were inconsequential. They were, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even say they were underdeveloped. I would not say that because I feel like the actresses, actresses, portraying them gave them life like there's this scene where she's like look just pull over let me smoke yeah, my cigarette right, right so i wouldn't say that they're underdeveloped they didn't I would matter say they didn't matter yeah they were inconsequential didn't matter at all which actually i could make the argument that that's real life and the way it was then. i would agree yeah i i appreciate the women that didn't 
matter. The girls are going to stay here. We're yeah. going to go over there. Yeah. We're going to go take make, care of business. Make me dinner and, and fuck when I want to. And That's I think, in a, in a way, Scorsese is almost calling attention to that by the the last 30 minutes of this movie. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Right. I was interested in this. The last 30 minutes of the movie is De Niro's character, Frank Sheeran, starting to... No, not Frank. Is it Sheeran? What is it? Frank... Yeah, Sheeran. Sheeran, yes. Uh, getting ready to die. It's his preparation of buying his coffin, um, You know, f- figuring out where he wants the, the coffin to be, his burial plot and all of that. And he starts to make amends with his family. He's, he's, he has a sit down with one of his daughters and talks to her and tries to figure out what's, what's the problem with the family and I need to apologize for all my wrongdoings and all of that. And it really starts to address the issue of you've been running with the boys for so long and you've, you've led your life in such a way that you will, for the rest of your life, suffer a pain that you didn't know you even cared about until it's too late. And that pain is not being able to talk to his family, right? Not being able to connect in a deeper, meaningful way. Right. Right. And I think what you're saying about about shunning the women out of that life, in much the same way like the last shot of The Godfather, you know, you, you close the door so the wife can't hear. And it's like, no, no, you're not allowed to know about that part of the life. That's interesting about the door. And because here the last scene was keep the door open. Right. Yeah, you're right. Whoa. Good point. Huh. Interesting. Well, I think I, I think there's a there is something to be deciphered from that of the shunning of women in, from that world, whether uh, for their own protection, quote unquote, or just you know because they uh, they get in the way or whatever. I don't think it's a filmic device. I think it's a a commentary on the kind of lifestyle that they're leading. Right. Look at Joe Pesci's character when he bought uh, ice skates yeah. for the girl and also gave her a hundred dollar bill, I think, yeah. and she wouldn't thank him. And he was coming off as like, almost like a dirty, he wanted love. Even though right. he seemed a little bit like, a little bit smarmy, a little yeah. smarmy, but he wanted love from this girl and she wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. So. I will say this. Look, it's, this is, this is Scorsese at, his best at what he does. He makes Agreed. great crime films. This is a good one. And no one... Did anybody turn in a false uh, performance? Mm-mm. Was there a false note? Nope. nope. I think it could have been a lot tighter. If we're looking at this as a purely cinema experience, I think we could have edited this way the fuck yeah. down. Um, the only things that really bothered me, I guess, was I didn't like the Brechtian... I guess freeze frames or whatever it was, but the little title cards where it would say this person was was shot in their driveway. You know, three shots that had nineteen eighty one or something. There were like that. numerous title cards that would say that, and they almost it bumped me because yeah. it's pulling me out of the out of the experience, movie. right? And either go go full throttle with right, that, right, or yeah. don't, right. But they're kind of doing this mid ground. Right. Let me every once in a while remind you you're watching a movie. Right. Right. I'm, why are you doing that? Either they let were me actually, get lost. A lot in the of story were humorous. Don't. A lot of right. them were actually humorous. They were written they're in winks. A snar- yes, they were. Yeah. And in 1979, gunned down by the yeah, and it was almost hmm. this guy's generally well liked and died of old age. That's, like, okay. So why yeah. why are you mentioning yeah. him at all? Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. I mean, I I I laughed, but I that was the only part that really kind of bumped me and felt like it was a misstep. I guess I'm I'm also I'm also sensitive to after having we made a, a sports film with zero slow motion shots. We purposely tried to 
keep everything at 24 frames per second. And Scorsese's use of slow motion sometimes feels very arbitrary. And I'm, I guess I'm more sensitive to that than most. Um, but there's some shots where I'm going, why are we watching this in slow motion? Mm-hmm. What, what good are we getting out of mm-hmm. that? There needs to be a really good reason to, to have a slow motion shot. And I sometimes it just feels like he's like, eh, why don't we just shoot this little slow-mo? Right. And right. That, that bothers me in the same way that Natural Born Killers bothers me with the various format changes where right. they're just kind of, let's do let's shoot this shot in black and white and we'll do that one in super eight and it's it, this is arbitrary right right but i do want to say that the director did a very good job i think of building the tension yes uh just before the last 20 minutes where there's going to be a hit and we're going to see what, what's going to happen well the whole relationship the, the whole, with hoffa yes. and like we know hoffa is in danger we i mean if you've heard of hoffa the most famous part of him is that he disappeared right and so this is building up to that moment and what happens? And it was anxiety provoking in a good way. Right. I was on board during those moments in the film. Yep. Yep. And, and there's little things that he does of uh, not wanting to sit in the front seat, you know, and things like that, uh, because his character is super paranoid and it adds to the whole tension of the film. And, and he releases information. Scorsese releases information in the right time to, continuously ratchet up that tension. Right, right. For example, Joe Pesci gives him a ring that says only three people have one of these rings and only one of them is Irish and that's you. You know, and gives him this ring that basically says like, you are now part of the Italian, you're you're a made man. No one's going to fuck with you. And then he asks him to do this impossible task of betraying his friend. And it's like, well, shit, man. Like what you just got, promoted at work and now you're asked to do something illegal that's basically what it is right and it, it really starts to present more and more problems right right so i i liked a lot of that you know when they were in the car going to just before the the the, the killing of, of jimmy hoffa the whole bit about the fish in the back seat didn't need it thank you it felt very Tarantino to me. It yeah. reminded me of Burger Royale, that, yeah. that whole thing in Pulp Fiction. Didn't it? See, none of that. It was funny. It was funny. You know, the fish, you don't know what kind of fish? What do you mean you got the fish? And I thought, is there going to be a payoff with the fish? Is there a reason why the back seat is moist? Is that going to tie in? And it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It that, went nowhere. It, we didn't need any of that. You know, in thinking about Tarantino, Tarantino changed the game with Pulp Fiction. Everything changed. I, I really think there's pre-Pulp Fiction and post-Pulp ah, Fiction. Yeah. And this movie, this movie was made post-Pulp Fiction, and it kind of shows. The problem that I've had with Tarantino is that most of Tarantino's films are also post-Pulp Fiction as well, and he seems to be masturbating at his own altar. Right, right, you know, right, like he's, right. he's kind of so impressed with himself that he keeps trying to recreate it and he really needs to go on and continue to innovate but i think that you're absolutely right i'm not sure that that dialogue would have been in a 1980 scorsese film. how about that how about now, that i'm sure you could go back to goodfellas and find some examples but not in this way this right. just felt a little too self-conscious yeah cool yeah 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 mm-hmm agreed Hey, you know what was really cool about this movie? What? First time, I'm pretty sure that in a theatrical release, we saw the new Netflix logo at the very beginning. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. You remember when we saw the N? And you can, you remember the first time we saw that was the Netflix um, music video 
that oh, we yeah, critiqued right, right, months right. ago. Yeah. And that was the, the Tom first York time, video. Yes, the Tom York one. And that was the first time we saw the rainbow colors shooting out of the end. Yeah. And this is the first time we saw that in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we saw Manchester by the Sea, and uh-huh. that was the first time we saw the Amazon Isn't logo. that interesting? That did quite a number. On You were like blown away by that. Well, you I mean, were. We were, like, we were really like, this is changing absolutely. things. Absolutely. It's a game change. Look what's happening now. And now, it Amazon, did. Yeah, and it did. And boy, did it. And it still is. But you're right. That we're was in the, the middle of a shift. In the middle of a revolution, a digital revolution in, in cinema. It's, it's with streaming. It's it's a whole different game right I've now. Had it cri- is a revolution. I've had this critique of cinema history books that seem to stop mid-70s. If you look at the history, they've got all this very detailed history all through post-war uh, you know, and, and new blockbuster films of the 1970s. And then the next thing they say is just like, there's a bunch of digital stuff that happened the end. And they they don't really have much to go on other than digital effects happened in the 90s and 2000s. Um, and I think there, there are definitely some strong movements that have happened since then that just haven't been well-named or categorized. Right. But we are in the middle of a new one. Roma. Yes. There you go. Roma, Manchester by the Sea, yep. uh, The Irishman. Yep. I mean, even uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. I mean, all of this stuff is starting to shift and starting to blur the line between television and and cinema and just movie going experience and watching it on all these different platforms it's it's really changing and, if, and and it's healthy and good oh yeah and it's healthy and good i think we as the audience are win, really reaping the benefits we're winning yeah Every, yeah and i think it's also having to require the the traditional major studios to have to up their game if they're going to be competitive with these, uh, uh, what what do you call these? Like dig, digital major, digital mini made studios. What do you call them? Whatever you call them, they're they're being competitive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope when this is released on Netflix, it's got chapters. I think it should have like twenty two chapters. <laughs> it, it, it should. I don't think anybody's going to get through all twenty two. That's yeah, the problem. I know. I know. Yeah. Was this a good I, movie? Well, yeah. And again, with my opening statement about it's an epic. Yeah. It's a grand movie. Literally the word grand or even the word great. You know, it's, these are funny words. It doesn't mean good, but it means that it's big yeah. and ambitious. It's a big, ambitious movie. And it did what it was supposed to do. But I f- walked out thinking... Mm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely liked it. I do get that feeling i walked out and was kind of like well there you go that was good moving on that was just kind of it for me uh i i wasn't mesmerized i was on to the next thing of like oh that that was something which is awful to say when <laughs> some of the best minds in filmmaking right. all came together the three to actors make... and the director yeah yeah um i do want to talk about the last 30 minutes i want to get back right. to that for right. a minute First of all, I felt like that had no real place in this movie, but it was a fascinating uh, a fascinating little snapshot of preparing to die. You felt it had no place in the movie? Not this movie. It, it in and of itself it is like a great it, concept. It felt like it was tacked on. Yeah, like what does that have to do with everything else? Hmm. Why are we watching that? I will say I liked it because 
I don't think I've seen that in any other movie where we really get the final closure of a character that we've been with for a while and we're following them all the way up until they die. Right. And we're kind of in this modern era and people are kind of placating them. You know, the preacher's coming, well, I'll come visit. And the, the nurse is like, oh, okay, you know, yes, Mr. Sheeran, ha, ha, ha. And just kind of uh, doing that kind of condescending, uh, patronizing talk with them. Meanwhile, this is like a cold-blooded killer. Uh, but I really found the process of preparing to die. It almost gave me some anxiety and kind of, I don't know, just some thoughts of like him being utterly alone. You know, the, the, there's a scene toward the end where the FBI comes to visit him and they say, look, everybody that you're protecting here by remaining silent is dead. dead. They're all gone. Right. Who are you protecting at this point? Right. And the only people that could benefit from this are people that uh, the family of Jimmy Hoffa and you could actually give them some closure. And it looks like De Niro's character contemplates that for a minute and still just kind of holds true and just says, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. He's utterly alone. His wife is dead. His kids won't talk to him. Right. He's by himself. Right. Man. What do you think? So about you found that? that disturbing. I thought those were. Power- I I like that powerful last twenty minutes, and I I well, don't think it belonged in a different movie, like you're suggesting. I just feel um, like that's a theme for a different movie. I don't feel like hmm. that's this movie's theme. I'm curious though what you think about it, and I say this because you are you are closer to that end of the spectrum of life than I am. When I don't want to die soon. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to say this respectfully. Yeah, yeah. But you are closer to that end of the spectrum than right, I am. Did right. that give it gave me anxiety? Yeah. I'm 40 and that gave me anxiety. Right. How did you feel when you were watching that? Well, did that bother you or did you just let it wash over you? No, 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 no. I was reacting to it and thinking about myself too and realizing that I haven't picked out a coffin yet. That thought did go through my mind watching yeah. that scene. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you given thought to how you want to die? I I have and uh, my my brother was cremated. And sister-in-law, my parents are buried in a traditional way. And what's unique about me is without family, since I have, you know, no brothers and no sisters and no kids or no ex-wives or none of that stuff, uh, or no nieces, no nephews, that, well, who would come see me? Right. Who would come see me? No one. Well, that's not true. Yes, it is. No. Would you come? I would come. Would you would? Maybe like once a year. Would you bring flowers and put it on my grave? I I'm, I draw you a picture of you a draw me. A, I'd settle for that from you. Yeah, just a quickie oh. little doodle on like the stationery well, there at the nursing I, home. Then it shouldn't be cremated. Maybe I should be buried in a traditional <laughs> way. I've thought about this, and, and a good friend of mine sells um, burial plots pre-need before you die oh. until you lock it in right now. And he's been after me to do that. And he said, if I don't do it, he said, then it's the responsibility of your friends to chip in yeah. and pay for your funeral. And that's not nice. I, I do think that that's true. I think you should prepare to die. And I, I say this not because the responsibility would come you want, to me. You just want to do this podcast without me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you appreciate what I'm saying? Though? Absolutely. There was definitely, to me, I was getting a little anxious going. Well, good. Shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, And it really was quite beautiful, that ending yeah. of. Hey, will you tell your kid to shut the fuck up? I, seriously, yeah. she's interrupting <laughs> this moment. Yeah, and we're having a very serious, poignant discussion. I know about the end of life, and we hear wailing in the background. Yeah, she got her what whole life fuck? ahead of her. Yeah, that's selfish. That's selfish. What a bitch. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. she's quiet now. Oh, now she, she's she quiet. knows what's good for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I, I, can you appreciate what I mean about being uh, and like not I'm not having a panic attack, but he, like a little bit of I got a little tingle in my palms. Good. Then isn't that positive? It's a means it's a success. It worked for you, even yeah. though you're anxious. So, but your your initial argument that it belonged in a different movie, I I, I bought it. I I felt it was organically connected to what we sat through for three hours. I guess I just. How do I say this? Like the rest of the movie was not on those themes. Right. It did not. Right. It, I guess, alluded to it a little bit with some of the setup with the, the daughter not talking to him. And, and that was, and that played out in some of the first few minutes of the movie with him beating up a grocer in front of his daughter. I know. And her kind of witnessing, oh my gosh, yeah. my father's a horribly violent person. It's quite a scene. So, it was quite a scene. Yeah, I was going to, but that was a money shot. I think. I, I guess it's set up, and I like that it was connected to this movie. I just didn't feel like it. If it had been removed, I don't think anybody would have been upset. There you That's go. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people would have been happier because it had a shorter running time. <laughs> but I actually liked it. I liked it tacked on. I, I I've said this before. I'm very patient with a lot of these films. And, right. And I mean, I, I even though I've I've critiqued 2001 for being too long, I do think it's too long, but. I understand why it's long. I think it could be trimmed. And I think this could be trimmed too. This is this is great. I could not direct this film. This is right. way above my capability. Right. But I still think it could be shorter. Agreed. Agreed. And and be tighter and be a better film for it. Agreed. Something I've always been curious about. Why it's the truckers, the truckers union. Why are they called Teamsters? What does that word mean? Is it part of a team? Is that the union name? Team? We're on the team. We're Teamsters. I don't know what that word, I don't that word either, comes but from. I, I thought, I guess this was a big thought. I thought this was part of like the um, the horse driving days. And it's like a team of horses. Oh. And I think it goes back to that, like wow. the driving of horses. I knew you'd know the answer. And even their logo has horses on it. I see. So I, see. I think that's where it comes back to. Mm. But I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Yeah. Teamsters. Uh, um, yeah. Pacino, De Niro, Anna. What are we missing? We're missing. What are we missing? If, a couple of money shots. A couple, couple money couple shots. A couple money shots. That's what we're missing. What are your money yeah, shots? I had, a, I had a few. But I do want to talk. Maybe we'll do this as we broached about the question of anti-wave. And I want to, this I've really been looking forward to discussing with you. Does he, the lead, show any remorse at all? Now let's save that. We're, should we table that question and talk about money shots? And then we'll open up that question when we go into anti-wave. Okay. I kind of like that approach. Money shots. I have two. No, he does not show remorse. None? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Well, I'm actually. I'm just fucking with you. Go okay, ahead. Yeah, I know. I like, uh, I have two money shots and both are meetings. Both are meetings. The first one is when uh, our lead character is in jail and one of his cohorts is with him and they're discussing why um, one has a pension and the other doesn't. Do you remember that scene? Mm -hmm. And I like the rhythm of that scene. Yeah. I like the two of them together. Eating and ice cream. It, yes. It was, it was humorous and it was also anxiety provoking. It had all these, and I thought it was a really tight scene. So the scene is between Jimmy Hoffa Set played up. by Al Pacino. Yes. And uh, Joe Provolone. What's his name? Pro, Pro. Joey Pro is what they called him, right? Was it Provenz? Oh, Anthony Provenzano. Yeah. Provenzano. So uh, he, they called him Pro. He winds up, they're kind of, they'd rubbed each other 
Raw a little bit before, and they were now in the joint together. And they used to be friends a long time before that, but this is a, a big fight scene where they really have a divide between the two of them. Yeah. 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 And um, why, why does our lead have a pension and the other guy doesn't? The other money shot for me is yet another meeting. This is the one that took place, Robert, in, in Miami, where that one character was 15 minutes late and they were going that's back. That's pro. That was yeah, pro yeah, again. Yeah, that's pro again. So the 15 minute late versus um, you owe me an apology. So and you people? Hoffa was uh, known for being extremely punctual and very upset with people who were late. Obsessively so. And they, he decides that he needs the help of Pro later on after they've had this big fight. So he's going to have this meeting where he kind of has to ask him for a favor. And there's a little bit of like bravado and machismo going on. And they're kind of apologizing. You're but dressed also, this way at a meeting? Yeah, you know, and he shows up. Pro shows up with like a shorts and an open shirt. Yeah. And... And 15 minutes late, and Hoffa is pissed. Right, right. And the whole thing back and forth with you need to be on time uh, versus you owe me an apology. Uh, how dare you say my people? What does that mean? Which was a, a, a Jewish slur and so on. But that was quite a, a meeting also, that whole... No, it's, no Pro was Italian. He was, they oh, were that's about right. Italian. So he's Italian. It was so Italian slur. You peep, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. It was, uh, I like those two scenes quite a lot. So what I, my money shot was... Uh, I think De Niro, his character getting onto the plane. So there's a, a point in the film where he is with um, with Joe Pesci's character. And Joe Pesci says, look, you're going to go and I want you to handle the whole Hoffa situation. I want you to be there. And he flies him on a small little charter plane to Detroit where Hoffa is and has him kind of deal with the whole situation and that that's right when this whole disappearance stuff is happening and the tension that's between everyone Absolutely. and De Niro getting out of the car yeah. walking over to this airplane and you, he doesn't want to go because he's loyal to Hoffa right. and he knows right. I'm being sent to have to do something with Hoffa that I don't want to do and I'm a made man this is my boss and I gotta do what the boss tells me all of that stuff nice can Agreed. we also mention Harvey Keitel is in this movie? Yeah. And he's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, even though he doesn't say very much, yeah. he's just kind of, it's yeah. how he looks. But the little bit that he's in, yeah. he's really good too. Yeah. Yep, he is. He's solid. I'm and glad that he's in this as well. Yeah. Keitel needs to be in, in, in this movie. <laughs> you know, we alluded, we, we briefly mentioned this other scene too, when the, the daughter, as a little girl, uh, was accidentally shoved by the grocer in yeah. the store. And when we see Al Pacino's character march into that store and rough up that guy, how dare you touch my girl that way? I got the impression that, that was it wasn't accidental. Well, I was wondering. the grocer even says, hey, look, your daughter was way out of line. And and that's all he gets out. And then De Niro beats right, the shit out right, of him. Right, right, right. It's quite so, a sequence. Was, I don't know. Maybe this girl, she had to, I think they could have done a better job of showing that the girl did something it was fucked up. That that would have made it more interesting to me if the way that it was portrayed when De Niro comes in, the the whole sequence was already done and over with. But if we had seen her do something that was bad and like then I don't know, steal maybe steal a few apples. Something like yeah, that, right? Yeah. If she had done something that was questionable and right. the grocer got pissed Reacted, at her for doing right. that and gave her a shove and yeah. And then De Niro gets upset, that's more interesting and layered. Right, right. Right now the way we see it is just that the daughter's a good little girl and this asshole grocer just shoves her right, out of nowhere. Right. And in which case, 
yeah, maybe De Niro should go down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you're almost on De Niro's side at that point. That needed a better setup. Yeah. Yeah, bit. yeah. Okay, so those are your money shots. Yeah. And this is the big question I've been dying to bring up with you, is that um, Robert De Niro's character is a sociopath. Yeah, I think, yeah. He truly, truly is. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. And does he show any degree of remorse? Well, wait, hold on. Wait. Okay, all right. Is he a sociopath? Yeah, yeah. I, I got to answer that because it's like on on paper he is, but in in portrayal he's not. I mean, he cares about Hoffa. You're, you're mentioning the contrary argument, Robert. You're great. This is what I was dying to say because at the end we feel he has no remorse, no remorse for what he did. Right. At the very, however, when he does go to spoiler alert, shoot Hoffa cold in the back you can see from his body language he doesn't want to we see the whole setup about yeah. he doesn't want to do this so there is a value system operating within now him. what you just said really indicates that de niro had to do some good acting good point and good point i good point. will say good point say what you want but yeah. i was on his wavelength the entire time right i right. mean i never once didn't know what de niro was feeling i got it yeah just from his, his portrayal yeah. where he was holding himself that you could feel he's trapped he's trapped he has nothing else. there's no way out of this so maybe De Niro is a good maybe actor. he is a great actor after all I mean he got us where he needed to be him. yeah he did that's a good point but that is an example of showing a value a code of ethics if you will a value system and even free remorse for what he's about to do yeah is that interesting that is so, interesting is he a sociopath <laughs> Yeah, I think I got to say, yeah. He is, in spite of that one example earlier. Yeah. You know what it is? He's a sociopath, but he's loyal. He's extremely loyal, and he understands his his place in the world. Right. And he's he, the whole movie is about him being torn between two different loyalties. Right. He's not loyal to his family, which is ironic because that's who most people are loyal to. It's about loyalty. Right. Did you feel, I know we talked about this a lot, is, is he a, ma- a likable character? No. No, I don't think no. so. No. Um, do we care about him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I care yeah, about him. Yeah, we do. But you know what's interesting in, in Breaking Bad, uh, the kid's name, help me with his name, not Walter White, but... Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman. With that ending in the Breaking Bad movie, who's also a killer, yeah. I felt more compassion for that character, the way the climax played out. Um, I think it's because... The, the and murders, why did I? Why did I feel more... The murders compa- that Jesse Pinkman did yes. were foisted on him. He was left in situations where it was do or die. Even in the... It, now, a lot of that was from the the movie. I'm sorry, the, the, the TV, TV show. show. In the movie, he was a little more proactive about that. He certainly gave everybody a chance out and... You, it doesn't have to go down this way. We could do it a different way that's a little more uh, you know, civilized here. But he did everything he could to not um, to not have to kill in the TV show. In the movie, he could have had other options, but he said, this is, I, I earned this. And, and, and you might have to die because of it. And you're a bad person anyway, so I'm not really going to shed a tear. I think that's the difference. And he had this code, this ethical yes. Yes. code. Because that ending with Robert Forster in the film was uh, really worked for me. Yeah. And I felt a lot of compassion 
for this this kid. But there was no but, code for De Niro's character right, here. Right, 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 it right, was, right. Yeah. The only code was loyalty to I mean to the family. And it was the Italian family. That was it. That was the right. only code there was. Right? I mean, anything they said, you do. It was basically like murder your best friend. And he said, Gotta murder my best friend then. Right, right. And that was the only not quite so cavalier, but yes, you're right. But that's basically what it was. Well, yeah. But I mean, I'm boiling it down, yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. how is it any different than right, that? Right, right. He had angst, but he still did it. Yeah. He but had the, angst. But I'm saying as far as your actions are right. concerned. Agreed, agreed. Not internal, but external actions. Right, right. So. Is an anti-wave. anti-wave. Boy, yeah, uh, this is this has got to be. How could it not be? I mean, it's first of all, it's three and five, half fucking hours I, that's, long. That's on my list. I made a list of why it's anti-wave. That's one of my points. Go ahead. I mean, there's uh, talk about three act structure. There's no structure here. I mean, I guess there is a beginning, middle. Is there even a beginning and a middle? There's an end. Well, there is in the movie, but in the story. Oh, man. (laughs) It's like. Yeah, the movie has a beginning, the beginning of the movie, but it's not the story because it's it's it starts halfway through. It's nonlinear. It's all nonlinear. Obviously, this is pure anti-wave stuff. And then yeah. here we have a story about a hitman who shows no remorse. Boom. Yeah. How much more anti-wave can we get than that? It's non-linear storytelling. Uh, it's three and a half hours long. How is it not anti-wave? How is it not anti-wave? Uh, okay, so I, I guess you could argue uh, it's go. got De Niro, Pacino, Pesci. But even that argument Scorsese. has two sides to it. Uh, right. And yeah, Scorsese film. But that argument can be flipped. Right. Now, and and even De Niro and and Pacino have turned in anti-wave films in the past. I mean, Taxi Driver alone. I mean, th- that's a great testament. Are you going to give us a ten? No, not quite. I, some, You're there's not, something okay. that what pulls is it? Me why is it not? I agree bit. with you. Why am I hovering at nine point four? And I don't know why it's not a ten. I don't know either. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't have a good reason. I don't either. But I, I'm comfortable with 9.4. I'd be willing to go 9.5. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. Not a 10 for some reason. Yeah. Hmm. I, there, I guess there's just something about it that just feels a little too... Hollywood. Hollywood. I agree with that statement. Maybe it's the production I, value. I don't know how to support every, that the way statement, but I agree shot. with it. You know, everything is lit so beautifully and it just feels a it's little... It's a glossy film. It's yeah. It's... it's pretty to look at and I don't know that it should be punished because it knows how to use lights (laughs) not that it's a punishment not to be not to be anti-wave it's not really a punishment it's just really more of a categorization you know but yeah there's just something that prevents me from just I agree I I so agree there's something that's unverbalized that it just it's not completely anti-wave agreed 9.4 or 9.5 who died this week? Good. Ah, you saying four? Got to tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people, they didn't turn to dust. Coroner's Corner. We lost the following people. 77-year-old John Witherspoon. He was an actor. He did quite a bit of TV and movies. He was in films. That's Reese's dad. You know what? It's not. I looked into it. You know me too well. I thought, wow, is it? No, it's not. No, this is an African-American gentleman. 
Oh, <laughs> for you to say something. Uh, Jazz this singer. Is bad. He was in Rat Boy. He was. Uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. I wanted to say that name. He was in Bird, The Five Heartbeats, and Bullworth. So he did a lot of films, small parts, small parts. We also lost a playwright. I've known this. I've seen this guy's name a lot. 89 year old Canadian playwright, and he took a lot of his plays and he wrote the screenplays too. Same time next year. People think that's a Neil Simon play. It feels like. Yeah, it, it does. It feels I like it's it was. very Neil Simon. It's not. No, Bernard Slade wrote that. And he also, he did a lot of TV, Flying Nun, Parker's I'll say he slayed. He slayed. Ah. And he also wrote the screenplay to Tribute, which I spoke about a few weeks ago, the Jack Lemmon movie. So, and he wrote the play as well. So he died at 89. Brian Tarantina, 60-year-old American actor. He's in TV, including The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And he was also in City by the Sea um, and had small parts in films as well. Corner's Corner Spotlight Award goes to, you don't know about this. Mm-hmm. I'm about to lay something on you. What? While I was parking my car, coming over here, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe what I'm about to say. What? Kirk Douglas teamed up. What? Listen, listen, listen. He teamed up with his grandson. Not with his son, but his grandson, Conrad. Connor, yeah. was that his name? He was in the news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what they did? What? They robbed a fucking hotel together. No. The two of them. Kirk is in a wheelchair. <laughs> the fuck? And his punk movie. grandson is with him. They robbed a hotel to get a $20 bill. And then this happened in South Central. Helicopters, police, cherries flashing on all the squad cars and so on. Kirk Douglas, they mowed him down. They shot him. He's dead. And his last utterance, his last utterance was... I am Spartacus. I I did it for the thrill. That's his last lie because he had the stroke. I did it for the thrill. I am Spartacus. So he's dead as well as the grandson. So poor Michael Douglas lost his dad and grandson. That's my corner's corner. Oh, sorry. And his son. That's my corner's corner. Wow. That's quite a doozy. Oh, it's really shocking. You want to play a quick game? Game time. Let's do it. All right. This is top of the charts. So this game game requires us Uh to figure out what are the top movies listed on IMDb for the following actors. All right, so I have a feeling since it's the Irishman, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna we're probably gonna be dealing with some of the main people we've been talking about. Mm. So, what are these actors or directors mm. most well known for? All right, so most well known for Who's first the up, first one up, Martin Scorsese had a feeling. Number one, Taxi Driver. It's got has be. to be Taxi Driver. That's Ro- got to be Robert. That's how good. many are we naming? We named three. Out three of out of the four. Four. Oh, we're that's a win if we get Taxi three out of the Driver four. is a definite yes. The Departed. What do you think? Could be. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the more yeah the more new stuff. Goodfellas has got to be on there. Good, absolutely. Raging Bull, absolutely, has got to be on there. Hugo, no, no. See, you know, you know how this look. This this game always burns us because we always go with the classics that everybody else is used to. But then there's like this whole new group of people who go look up. The new stuff that comes out. Right. And all of a sudden, some movie that you're not expecting winds up being in the top five or four. True. Yeah. I mean, what's the, our criteria? And it's a little bit nebulous, isn't it? It's it's what yeah. people are clicking on, I guess. Is that what? The, I guess. Is that what? So I, I'm 100% with Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, and Raging Bull. Okay. Definitely those three. I'm, I'm done with those three. So what about the fourth one? Let's get in a fourth one, as okay. our, just in case. Um, Casino? Oh. What was the other one you mentioned? Hugo. Yeah, no. Uh, what else did I mention? 
adventures. Anything we're leaving out? Let's just think for a second. Well, okay. Mean so streets. Uh, mean uh, streets. Uh, something about Al- Alice doesn't live here anymore. Uh, we got what else? The, he he did uh, King of Comedy after hours. He did um, Silence, that new movie Silence. Yeah. The Departed. Maybe. I'm really comfortable, Robert. With the Taxi Departed. Dri- that was the first time he won an Oscar. I I could see The Departed being on there. All right. Man. Well, if that's the case, now we have five. We have to eliminate one. Right. Taxi Driver, Goodfellows, um, uh, Casino, uh, The Departed. What was the fifth one? Taxi Driver, Goodfellows. I'm leaving one out. Uh, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. That was it. So which one are we going to? I feel like Raging Bull's going to be on there. Really? Are you? No, I, that's not the one I want to delete. Oh, I, I would say oh, the one it's going to be in there. Yeah, good. I think Taxi Driver. Let's yes. get rid of Casino. Okay. So our four are Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Raging Bull, and The Departed. Yeah. Ready? Let's do it. All right. Are you good with that? By the way, we have this. We do. I, I think we I, I'm it. feeling really confident. We got three out of four. Go. <sighs> oh, Ira. No, we're fine. Did oh, we? Ira. Is it a major one we forgot? Taxi Driver. Good. One. Goodfellas. Two. Mean Streets. One more. Mean Streets. Silence. Is Silence really up there? Silence is really up here. How can that be? It's up there. But it just, it, it's. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> That's what IMDb says he's known for. He's known for. Known for silence. That's Wait, what it we, says producer. Robert, we lost. We lost. We got two out of four. Have we won one yet? I don't like this game. <laughs> okay, next up, Robert De Niro. Okay. It, Raging Bull has got to be there. Absolutely. Taxi, Taxi driver, driver has got to be there. Absolutely. Godfather. Absolutely. One, two. Two, two. He's not oh, in one. That's right. I keep forgetting. He's, He's only in two. I'm on board with these three. Let's put in a fourth one just in case. Something more new and uh, what's something newer that he's done? Uh, I feel like what's that? What didn't you do that Joe Paterno movie or something like that? It's gonna be something stupid that I'm gonna be like. Well, do you want to go with Meet the Parents? Ah, yeah, let's do Meet the Parents. That's it. Let's do Meet the Parents. That's a good one, Ira. Thanks, buddy. Okay. We have our four. Our four. All right. They are what? Uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Godfather 2, and Meet the Parents. Go. All right. And the answer is Raging Bull. One. Taxi Driver. Two. Mean Streets. Five, oh. uh, two. One more. Cape Fear. Stupid game. <laughs> I think we need to adjust the handicap. So if we get two out of the four, we win. How can silence be? All right. <gasps> Stupid ass game. I like real or unreal more. Al Pacino. She's laughing. I know. I hear her laughing in the other I can room. I hear her laughing yeah. at us. Yeah. Al Pacino. Okay. Serpico. You're looking over no, the Godfather. No. no. Okay. I know what the. Okay. Forget Serpico, but I want to replace Serpico. No, Serpico with, could be in there. It could be in there, but you know what's definitely in there? Dog Day Afternoon. Yes. How yeah. did you know I was going to say? Because that's got to be in there. Has to be in there. That's good. All right. Godfather, Dog Day Afternoon, Scent of a Woman. Right. Wait, wait. Why? He didn't he get an Oscar for that? That's what he got his Oscar for. For what? Scent. Scent of a Woman. He yeah. did. Yeah, pretty sure, bud. I think that's the only Oscar he ever got. Oh yeah. Hoo ha. And then... Dog Day Afternoon, Scent of a Woman. 
Godfather 2. Let's No, I'd say Godfather. I'd say the first Godfather. Yeah. Yeah, number one. You want to do one and two? Yeah. One. One. Okay. I think one. Okay. What do you so hasn't yeah, been Okay, about. okay, okay. Go ahead. What do we have so far? I have uh, Dog Day Afternoon, yep. Godfather Part 1, Scent of a Woman. Let's. I want one more really strong one. We got to win this last round. Um, Serpico? What's the what's the lawyer one? The uh, Oh, uh, Devil's Advocate? Yes, De- we could that, put Devil, uh, Devil's Advocate. I was thinking the, Injustice for All. Oh, I was yeah. Of. Let's put Devil's Advocate. That sounds, sounds good. That sounds reasonable. Done. Are you ready? We have our four. Go. All right. Serpico. Wait, that's what I wanted. I know. You got it. Go. Didn't you get it? Didn't Was you it? put that on our list? No. We had oh. Dog Day Afternoon, Godfather 1, Scent of a Woman. Godfather is on there. Oh, okay. That's... Dog Day Afternoon is on there. Two. Give me one more. Dick Tracy. I don't believe he's the other for Dick Tracy. This game is fucked. <laughs> we lost. Three to nothing. I don't want to play anymore. We're not done yet. Yes, We're not we, done I'm yet. I'm done. I'm no, out of here. No. Let's do stupid ass game. Joe Pesci. I don't I need you to run with this one. Okay. All right. Home Alone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Home Alone. My cousin Vinny. Yes. Yeah. Goodfellas Casino. That's really good. I'm not touching that. I, how I could you? Well, wait, wait, wait. Raging Bull. He got an Oscar for Raging Bull. He did? Yeah. He got a supporting yeah. actor for Raging Bull. He got a supporting Bull? actor for Raging Bull. One of those has got to go. Home Alone, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Casino. Casino. And Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Yikes. Which one are we eliminating? Casino? I, I didn't realize he won the Oscar for Raging Bull. That's I think he won another that Oscar stays. for Goodfellas. Then we can delete Casino. Let's delete Casino. Okay, we got our four. Okay, here we go. Go. All right, Joe Pesci. The answer is Goodfellas. One. Raging Bull. Two. My Cousin Vinny. Three. And Casino. We got well, all, we got we got of, all we, four. No, no, no. We got Wait, rid of got, Casino. We, got, oh, we, we, we said Home Alone, but we, we still, we're still good. We're still good. We're still but won. We still won it, though. We still won. I feel redeemed. One I more. Vindi- I don't know. I, uh, we got one more. Okay. We can tie it up, can't we? Is that we, right? Because this is the fourth. Yeah. yeah. One, two, three. No, because no, we lost one? Scorsese, De Niro, and Pacino. Mm. Oh, yeah. But we, we can still kind of redeem ourselves here. Sort of. Go ahead. Harvey Keitel. Oh, geez. All right. Ready? Go. Mean Streets. Uh, what else? Kaitel was in. Oh, the, the Tarantino thing with the. Um, oh, gosh. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. That's what I was thinking. Reservoir Dogs. He was also in Pulp Fiction. Right? So he could be in either one of those. He was also in The Bad Lieutenant. I feel like that's a movie that he's well known for. You're giving me that look of you don't no, I'm agree. Feeling, I'm feeling okay. Name a few others he's known for. Um, what else is Kaitel? I mean, he's been in like freaking everything. Well, these are four really solid. Let's go ones. with these. Let's mean Streets, got. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and uh, what's the fourth? The Bad one? Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant. Go. Reservoir Dogs. One. Bad Lieutenant. Two. The Grand Budapest Hotel. 
Holding a two. Holding a two. One more. Pulp Fiction. We what? did it! We got the last two. <laughs> we got the last... Oh, man. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> ah. Almost a draw. Yeah. Yeah. What's the score? Three to two, I think. Is that right? Yeah, we, 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 we win. We re- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's do our top five. And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five De Niro movies. Yep. Yep. Ira. yep. There's not much to define terms. We have to do any of that stuff. Open to... Yeah, like, Steve what? De Niro. Let's do it. <laughs> Ira, why don't you kick us off? I'm going to kick it off with, with number five. Now, yeah. I played it like I did with my special effects movie. I went on a different level with more of an emo- I know what you put down, I think. I think. Oh. But I played mine a little bit differently. You ready? Hit it. 1990 you're gonna roll your eyes but i don't care penny marshall directed him in awakenings oh yeah now he was good. Uh, he got an oscar for awakenings didn't yes he? how do you is he i know he's nominated i think he did actually he got an it? oscar i think that's his only oscar whoa isn't that crazy that he'd win for oh, that? wait no did he i think he won for raging bull he won for raging bull the Raging Bull did not win Best Picture, and that's what the big hall bullet was that's over. That's it. That's why I know so much about Raging Bull is that everybody got all worked up over it not winning Best Picture. Right. And something stupid did win instead. Something that everyone was like, why did this not win? What year was that? I'd like to it look like it up. It was like 81 or I'll something. Look that up. Uh, Awakenings, a story, uh, evidently, it's all it's a true story. And there was a disease mm. that was turning people, making them catatonic. And um, and Oliver Sacks, that famous doctor, came up with a drug. And Robin Williams was in it. And uh, so, you know, it has a small part, Vin Diesel. Oh, really? Is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he has a that. small part in the film. Max Van Sydow is in it. And I, I love him. Yeah. And I thought he was good in this movie. And I'm putting that down as my number five. All right. My number five, we've talked about a couple times already tonight, from 1995, Casino. De Niro is in fine form here. This was, for me, man, I just, I, I will agree with you. I'm not sure if De Niro is a great actor, but I find him immensely watchable. I also, I have a problem with, I have a problem with De Niro in person, like I hate watching De Niro in interviews. Him, I know you've talked about that on the talk show the talk circuit. Shows. It's constantly just like, "Shut up, man!" Like he doesn't say anything. First of all, when he does, I'm like, "Stop, just stop." But when he's on on cellular, when he's in the middle of a movie, I I want to watch whatever he does. He's a great film actor. Can I also say something real quick about the movie from The Irishman that I didn't mention? Yeah, yeah. Did it not seem like every single person in The Irishman? was going to have a heart attack if they had like another Reuben sandwich. <gasps> they were all, go- they all seemed so fat and, fat and sweaty. And everyone just seemed like they were like, ha ha ha, like laughing right door, before they di- died. Door. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Every single person. Yeah. I'm like, don't give them a hoagie because they're going to croak. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What if that was an intentional choice in casting? Uh, whatever it was, it was like they, they fit in their suits, but it's like their necks were spilling yeah. out yeah. over them. Everybody. Anyway, back to this. Casino, my n- number five from 1995. Nice, nice. Uh, De Niro's great. Pesci's great. Everybody's great. Movie's awesome. Nice, nice, nice. Good. Sharon Stone. That's right. Yeah, she's, she's the wife. great. James she's Woods wife. is great in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. My number four, 1988. I really like this movie. Midnight Run. 
Midnight Run. That's I nice. loved this film. I haven't seen it since I saw it in a the theater. Yeah. When it first it's came good. out it in 1988. Up. I like Charles Grodin, Grodin a lot. I really like Charles Grodin. And uh, we're, our, our guy, De Niro, is a bounty hunter. You know, there's a reason why on Rotten Tomatoes it does have a 96%. How about that? Hmm. That's that's kind of impressive. It holds up well. It, I, I saw it yeah. not too long ago. And it, it still yeah, does it. It's pretty good. You know, Martin uh, Martin Brest directed it. He did Beverly Hills Cop. He also directed Scent of a Woman, which I found kind of interesting. Uh-huh. We can forgive him for a while. Okay. But, um, and I heard this and I did some research this morning and it is true. Cher was slated to star in this film. Look how different it would have been if Cher was the prisoner that the bounty hunter was bringing back. Wow. That's crazy. There'd be a romantic Interest, interest between the two of them it would be a totally different movie but isn't that interesting yeah 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 it's so much better agreed <laughs> that's my number four my number four is from 1985 terry gilliam's brazil oh i forgot and everyone forgets de niro's I in that movie he's in that film and he's great he's awesome he plays the the plumber one of the reasons one of the things i had to do with this list is i really had to look at where is he a great actor and maybe with the exception of casino because casino is kind of one note but a lot of these other movies he's so weird in a lot of movies when he gets weird and that's why i had to put it on my top five list of like where is he really i think great acting and he's awesome in brazil uh, and he's this weird kind of relief in the middle of this movie of like, oh, De Niro's in this? So check out Brazil if you have What a crazy movie it is. Yeah, it is. Do, 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 little Brazil thing. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, that's what that was. Uh, I just thought you were segueing into your number three. No, no, my number three. Now, listen, I want to preface this. Here's my segue. He's not great in the movie I'm about to mention, mm. but it's favorite it's, these are favorite okay. movies, and there's a difference there. There's a slight difference. And I really like, we mentioned it earlier, that he could make fun of his own persona in Meet the Parents. That that was where we saw him making fun of himself in sure. 2000. Uh, Meet the Parents, the first one. I'm not talking about the, what I'm calling the sequels that came Actually, after. I like that movie. The yeah, first it was one. very funny with Ben Stiller, who was a Jewish nurse. Right. He was a Jewish nurse. And we have the whole Jewish culture and the wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, uh, uh, clashing in very, in very funny ways. Um, it was a, the movie did what it was supposed to do yeah. and I liked it a lot and he made fun of himself in that film. I liked it. That's my number three. My number three is from 1993. A lot of my movies were from the early nineties. I think that was his heyday, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, we're not going to overlap, are we? No, no, I don't think so. 1993, a movie I don't think you've seen this boy's life with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I've mentioned this before. Uh, De Niro plays such an asshole in this movie he's like this asshole stepfather and he's so good at it he's really really good at just playing a total dick wow i like it a lot yeah yeah Yeah. 1993 this boy's life it's a good movie. nice well you certainly know you're not going to be surprised by my number two in 1983 martin scorsese Mm -hmm. you knew i was wondering if it would be on your list it's not and it's not the king of comedy Mm mm-hmm I, we spoke about it before. I fucking love this movie. Um, and Jerry Lewis is When's in it. When's the last time you've seen it? I haven't. This is one of those movies that falls in that category. It'd be fascinating to see again. Have I seen it since its theatrical run? I don't think so. Wow. I need to see it again. You saw it fairly that's, recently. It's been almost 30 years, Ira. <laughs> Have you seen it of late? Uh, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Does it hold up? 
Yeah, I liked it. it. it yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. It's it it's good. You remember it well. It was good. Nice, nice. And Sandra Bernhardt, I really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with how we worship celebrities and impact on the media and all that, it made a lot of interesting statements. And I'm he was great in that movie and with he and Jerry Lewis, the King of Comedy. That's my number two. My number two is a movie from 1998. Oh, man, I love this movie. My number one and my number two, I could watch anytime. You put on, I am down to watch this movie from wherever you pop it in. From 1998, Ronan. Have you seen Ronan before? I have seen it, yes. Man, that movie's awesome. Yeah. When that movie came out, I didn't know anything about it. Somebody, some friends were just like, hey, we're going to go see this movie I'm like, what is it? And they're like, Ronan, is this like one of those ninja movies or whatever? And then just go watch it. And I was like, all right, fine. Walked in, totally blown away. Had not seen any trailers for it. Didn't know what was going on. Man, I loved this movie. Who directed that? Frankenheimer. It's John Frankenheimer's last movie before he died. Um, He was the one that, he actually says in the director's commentary of that movie, uh, he that's where he kind of laid out the idea of American films shoot at 24 frames per second and foreign films, uh, European films shoot with different frame rates. And that's why in that movie, especially the car chase sequences, there's no slow motion. It's all, that was something that kind of affected us for 30 Love, right. which you go ahead, 30 lovefilmcom Is it really? Yeah. Are there any bonus features? In- uh, anyway, <laughs> another little side note, uh, Mamet, David Mamet, Ghost wrote on that movie, and he did a lot of the screenwrite uh, stuff on there. And he does not get screen credit, but you can feel it when you, you watch it. You dialogue. can see the dialogue. You're right. like, this right. is mammoth, man. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Nice. I thought we'd agree on number one. I don't think so. I, I don't know, but my number one 1976. is 1976. No. You didn't include Taxi? Mm-mm. Well, I did. Yeah. And you're probably surprised I put that at number one. No, I don't think so. It's even a great forgo- movie. Even though I forgot that Martin Scorsese is in it. Yeah. You said that a few weeks ago. Yeah. How co- I don't understand that. I don't know what. Yeah, He's I got a cameo. He's in the film. Yeah. With dialogue. Oh, with, with a dialogue. scene. It's like. With an actual it's scene. A pretty, I mean, gross scene. You know, and again, uh, Scorsese directed it and with Jodie Foster, Sybil Shepard, Albert Brooks is in it. I saw it in the theater. I was blown. I had never seen a movie like this before. Well, I've, uh, yeah, no shit. I don't I've, think a movie's been made before since I've, like that. I was like, fuck. And I, I, how can that not be my number one? I've never seen a movie like this before. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, he was just incredible with it. And not just the signature scenes that we remember with you talking to me. We know all that stuff, great. But the whole thing, the whole evolution of watching the film. And it just, man, that whole bloodbath ending and the payoff. And it's, yeah. it's like nothing I've ever seen. And I had to put that down for number one. My number one. I, I, I would not have a true top five if I did not put this as number one. A year. I, Give us a year. 1995. It's been my number one on other top five lists before. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Heat. Oh, I should have realized that. Yeah. And he's so good in it. He's so... He doesn't overdo it. He's not doing shtick. Pacino's not doing shtick. They are great. Pacino plays a, a cokehead, and it would have been easy for him and his character to go overboard, but he doesn't. And De Niro is just so like, calculated and great. The action is phenomenal. Was man. it Ma- Ma- Man directed? Michael? Michael Ma- Mann. Michael Mann. Yeah. And we can forgive the movie for that one optic. That one optic. We've yeah. spoken about that. I know. I know. Some I'm of like, the CG like stuff, you're a little yeah, like, yeah, come on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ronan has some of that too. There's a little bit yeah. in Ronan where yeah. you're like, mm. but we forgive them for that. For sure. It shouldn't be remade. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Getting yeah. back to our original yeah. premise. Um, nice. So scoops. many scoops. Yeah. So many scoops. You want to go? You want me to go? Just name a few. Uh, I'll do three. You do three. Okay. How about that? I, and we'll go back and forth because I got a yeah, bunch yeah, yeah. in here. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mad Dog and Glory. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America. A great, yeah, yeah. great. If you've ever seen, it's like a, a an old school um, mafia film from like the turn of the century. Uh, Sergio Leone, the, the spaghetti western guy that did the. Yeah, you yeah know. Sergio Leone. Uh, Deer Hunter. Oh. That's right. Have you seen the Deer Hunter? Yeah, he's a great actor, isn't he? Robert De Niro. I think <laughs> you haven't seen the Deer Hunter, have you? <laughs> <laughs> it's long. Go ahead. What do you got? Wasn't there like a Russian roulette scene holding the gun? There was like a Russian roulette yeah, scene. Okay. Uh, I have Casino. I have Cape Fear. Uh, I have Godfather too. Now I have those would have been my next three. Right. Uh, right. Mean Streets, Copland. Oh. Jackie Brown. He's awesome, he's, Jackie Brown. Yeah. He plays yeah. The, the, he's a stoner. He's really. He winds up Robert shooting that. Forster he shoots. That. Shoots. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the uh, her name. Um, with the B B B B. Yeah. Um, Bridget. I was gonna say Bridget Nelson. It's not Bridget Nelson. No, no it's not. But I know he. Fonda. Was. Fonda. Yes. yes. Fonda. Yeah. 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 She had an important dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. Granddad. No, yeah. Okay. Uh, other others that I had. Actually, I didn't really have uh, the I, score. That's another good one with uh, with Edward Norton. You know, I like. I don't think you like this movie. I'm about to say, but I did. Silver Lining Playbook. I liked it. I he was it. really good in it. He was really good in it, and that movie resonated with me. Yeah, it just did. I thought it was a, a beautiful movie. I yeah, did. yeah. And I mean, even the the other films aren't. The, I, I mentioned earlier the uh, Joe Paterno movie that he played. He was great as Joe Paterno in that movie. Um, there was like a, it was like an HBO movie. I can't remember the name of it right now, but he's good in everything. Immensely watchable. Hmm. Just not on talk shows. Or in a three and a half hour film. Yeah. We did it. We did. We we did it. We did it. What? Why is everyone looking at me? Because you're what? the center of attention. What? Oh, hey, man, let's I... give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah, Joey. Woo! Thanks a lot for doing uh, all the producing stuff you do. Uh, yes. Also for us. What's going on next week? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be off next week. We are. We're cold we're, next week. Well deserved vacation. So we'll we'll, put, we'll be back the week after. And we'll be doing weeks. Ford versus Ferrari. That's Ford right. Ferrari. Looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if people want to reach out to us with any De Niro films that That's we might right. have forgotten, what they, they can they reach do? out to us through our email, which is Robert at antiwavepodcast.com. Yeah, you're supposed to say. Oh, and and slash or I wrote antiwavepodcast.com. <laughs> uh, or do they can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram? Our handle there is at antiwavepod. That's we're all over the place. Aren't we? Just yeah. like the brains <laughs> on a freshly painted house. Yes, we're oh, all over the place. That's good. I like that. You referenced the film again. Yeah, very organic of you. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. We're on Spotify, Google I Play. Just, said, just like Jimmy Hoffa's brains, that would have been better. Go. Well, we don't even know if it's true. Yeah, oh, true. now I'm bringing this up. That's true that we don't know if we it's true. We don't know if it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Madeline, we're oh, trying to wrap Madeline, up the show. Or just go to our website, why don't you? Uh, okay, fine. I will. <laughs> or you can throw us a few uh, few buckets. Buckets? 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 No. A few yeah. shekels over at... Over at I'm about to Where? say Podbean. Yeah, there too. Over at Patreon to help keep the sprocket holes moving. I got to end the show because the baby's getting crazy. Yeah, look at her. 
All right. Look at this. Anything else I'm missing? I think we covered it all. All right. So until two weeks from now, yes. keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. I get it for the thrill. I am Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs>